I'm not afraid. Are you? The Watchman Speaks discusses biblical solutions to modern-day dilemmas. I'll tell you the truth, even if it's not what you want to hear. I am the old watchman, Ezekiel. I pray you listen. Welcome to The Watchman Speaks. I'm your host, Lonnie Richardson. There have been some people that I've talked to about the Bible who tell me, Lonnie, I have problems understanding the Bible. I don't understand how you come up with all these connections between the Old Testament and New Testament. How do you do that? Where do you start? Well, in this episode, I hope to shed some light on that process. But before I do, allow me to share briefly my journey in Bible study and how I got to where I am now. By no means do I claim that I have arrived. Today, as I speak with you, I am convinced that I have only scratched the surface of what is available. But first, I enjoy reading and learning. Because I enjoy reading and learning, I have amassed a wide and varied life experience. Now that can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Sometimes I invested too much time in reading and learning about topics that may have fed the flesh but did not benefit me greatly in any way. But I like to read and learn. That is not to say that I place learning and knowledge above all else. That is not the case. As written in the book of Proverbs, I like reading and learning in that it supports understanding, and by understanding, wisdom is acquired. I invested almost five years of study in seminary. Therein, I learned how to study. But it left me feeling empty, cheated, and very much in debt. So I took what I'd learned in seminary, and I studied the Bible from an Eastern or Jewish standpoint. I did that for three and a half years. That study left me feeling as though I were in jail. Then, on September 9, 2018, I heard a ram's horn shofar for the first time. I will say that it was a moment of awakening for me, and leave it at that. You see, I knew the book. I had become very familiar with the Bible. However, I had never truly known the person who wrote the Bible. I'd accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior but I never met him face to face. And that experience, hearing that shofar for the first time, awakened me, and I could see that there was more to being a Christian than I had ever experienced before. On that day, I sat down with my Bible and I prayed. I told God that I knew what family had told me about him. I knew what pastors and rabbis had told me about him. I knew what college professors had told me about him. But here's where I stepped off the beaten path. I prayed, Lord, I know what others have said about you, but I want to know what you said. What I had effectively done was to ask God for wisdom. And true to God's promises, when you ask for wisdom, it will be given. I sat down on that day and began to study the Bible as I never had before. So how do I study the Bible? Well, the first thing that I came to grips with is that context is paramount. What do I mean? Context is not only what is being said, but who is speaking, who is being spoken to, what is the purpose of the message being spoken, 
and what is happening historically, culturally, and traditionally. Even more so, what is being spoken in its entirety. That's a big issue. I've seen pastors support context within scriptures and then cherry-pick verses out of the scripture to support their thesis and even go as far to offer cherry-pick verse not including the entire verse. The only portion of that verse that supports their thesis was represented. That's why it's important to study the Bible for yourself. What do I mean by verses used in part and out of context? Here's an example. James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. You crave and have not. You murder and you envy, yet you cannot get it. You fight and you wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so you may spend it on your own passions. Now, a part of scripture that's most often used is you have because you do not ask. Everybody likes that. Because if you ask, you're going to get it. That's not what it says. Now, when you take those two verses in context, the meaning changes from that which is most often presented. You have not because you ask not. Indicates that by praying and asking God for what you want, God is obligated to provide that want for you. Nothing could be further from the truth. That is not the intent of the scripture in context. So context is key to understanding what God said. What did God have to say in its entirety? Now, I admit that I've had some seminary training, and that had given me a familiarity with the Bible. I had three and a half years of additional study that delved into the history, culture, language, and traditions of the people during the time the Bible was written. That familiarity began opening up when I realized, finally, how the Bible in the Western church was divided. In the Old Testament, there are the first five books that are known as the Law of Moses, the Books of Moses, Torah, the Pentateuch. Next were the historical books that convey much of the history of the nation of Israel. Then there are books of poetry. And the meter of Hebrew poetry is beautiful and a topic of study in and of itself. Afterwards, there are the major prophets and minor prophets. In the New Testament, there are three synoptic gospels of Mark, Matthew, and Luke, which conveyed the humanity of Jesus. The Gospel of John conveys the deity of Jesus. Thereafter, you have accounts of the church in the form of letters, instruments of communication and correspondence written by various authors. Imagine my surprise when I first picked up a Messianic Bible that the books of the Old Testament had been rearranged into three sections, and those being the Torah, the Prophets, and the Writings. Books that I had been taught were history were included in the prophets. Books that were normally considered prophetic in nature were included in the writings. It was all very confusing until I realized that the order of the Old Testament had not been rearranged in the Jewish Bible. The order of the Old Testament had been rearranged by the Gentile-dominated, Greek-minded church to fit their manner of thinking. Consider that the Old Testament closed some 400 years before Jesus came upon the scene and the New Testament began. The Old Testament, or Testament of our forefathers, had been completed and pretty much chiseled in stone, so to speak, for over four centuries. Now, all this was somewhat confusing initially. The content is no different, but the order is different. There are difficulties encountered as well with language. Ancient Hebrew and Koine Greek 
are exceedingly accurate languages. English leaves a bit to be desired as to accuracy as it uses the same words for different meanings according to how the word is used. Am I saying that we all need to delve into study and become fluent in ancient Hebrew or Greek? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we need to be aware of differences in language and be concerned enough to require resources necessary to be able to receive a factual understanding of the original languages instead of a subjective understanding from a reliance on the English language. As I mentioned in an earlier episode, the Bible is about real people living in a time that has long since passed, who were facing very real, everyday struggles in life, just as we do today. And as I mentioned in that episode, God has a plan. The Bible reveals who God is and the plan He has for His people. Having said that, the Bible also reveals how God chose a specific people to begin with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who were Hebrew. Jacob is who God named Israel. Jacob's descendants became known as the sons of Israel. From there came Jews. The Jews are the original olive tree that Paul speaks of in which non-believing branches were broken off by God so we Gentiles could be grafted into the original tree. The common factor is that Jesus, a Jew, is the root of the tree. Thus far, I've spoken in a broad summary in regard to my study, but how do I study? Well, the first thing that I do is pray. I pray for understanding and knowledge. And during the process, I pray for direction of Holy Spirit as to what He wants to show me and teach me at any given time. Psalm chapter 32, verse 8 definitely comes into play. And that reads, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. And once I am directed to a given topic of the time, which can be a single verse, a passage of verses, or perhaps an entire chapter, in every instance it is imperative, as I've mentioned before, to read what comes before and after. Context is key. Who was speaking? Who was being spoken to? Why were these people being spoken to? What was the intent or the intended message? What was the purpose of the message? I am a question-asking fool. Here's what I do many times that very few others will do. I write the verse, the passage, and yes, I have written out entire chapters by hand. I identify every word as part of the English language. What are the nouns, the pronouns, the antecedents of the pronouns? the verbs, whether they be active or passive verbs, conjunctions, and so forth. I do that in the English language. Then I go back and drag out my Greek and Hebrew dictionary and lexicons. I want to know the context and the meaning of the original language as well. Then I start asking questions again. Remember, I'm a question-asking fool. I wonder whether this topic is mentioned elsewhere in the Bible or if there are any scriptural references that may be associated with what I'm looking at. Here is usually where the fun comes in, and when I say fun, I mean this is usually when the process of discovery is ignited. It is my opinion, and it is only my opinion, that the Holy Bible does not need to be interpreted. The Holy Bible is truth. When truth is interpreted, one runs the risk of encountering subjective truth. 
Instead, if one studies diligently, truth is revealed and needs no interpretation. Does that mean that I'm a literalist? No, not necessarily. Indeed, there are scriptural passages that are not literal. However, when one takes into account the who, what, when, where, and why elements of context, the truth and real meaning are revealed. So how do I find these links elsewhere in the Bible that are associated with the original text to begin with? Well, it requires a good familiarity with the Bible itself. Multiple readings of the Bible over years will provide that familiarity. But good resources are a big help, too. I have a pretty well-stocked library of books on my bookshelves that I've acquired over the years. I also have computer-based study software that I use in the libraries that are accessible within that software are extensive. As I have mentioned before, I also have many Bible translations that I have access to, whether they are in hard print within or within the software that I have, or even online. And I compare notes on how those various translations are translated in regard to what I'm studying. Now, there are those who will say, I don't have that kind of time to study. Or some will say, I don't have the money to acquire resources like that to study. Forgive me if I sound blunt, but I have to ask the question. Who are you trying to convince? Me or yourself? And I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm not. I'm not bragging or boasting, but may I remind you that I still work a full-time job. I'm a full-time husband full-time father and grandfather, and I am active in my church. Here's what I don't do. I don't follow sports. I don't golf. I don't fish. I don't hunt. That's not to say that there's anything wrong with following sporting events, golf, fishing, or hunting. I choose not to allow those things to take precedence over my walk with God. Now, I do like to do a bit of woodworking. I have a new shop and I have antique hand tools that I have collected and restored, and I have newer tools that I've collected over the course of several years. However, I could be out in the shop making something instead of investing the time and being true to the calling of a watchman that I have been called to be. I could be working with wood instead of producing this podcast. See, I used to be a sports fanatic. I used to golf, hunt, and fish. Instead, I work with wood, but I do not allow working with wood to become a priority ahead of my relationship with God, nor do I allow working with wood or setting up and organizing a woodworking shop to detract from my finances to the point that I cannot afford resources that assist me with studying the Bible. I have my priorities in order, and I will not deviate from them. I made a conscious choice and decision. You can too. Now, how do I connect the dots and make the necessary connections for understanding and knowledge whereby wisdom is gained? And here are a few glaring examples. Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, that sounds like something that I read in the Gospel of John. Chapter 1, verse 1 reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Very simple explanation of the deity of Christ right there. There are repeating patterns found within the Bible. There are repeated phrases. 
There are repeated events. There are lists presented in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Sometimes the lists are in the same order. Sometimes the order of those lists have changed. Why? These are things that are to be explored in end time with prayer revealed. Another thing that I do when studying a verse, a passage, or a chapter is that I actually read what is written. I don't skim over it. What does it actually say? Today, many read over a piece of scripture without actually reading it to comprehend what is being conveyed. Or they read to establish or support what they have already been taught or told what a particular passage means. I've made it a practice to approach scripture with fresh eyes. In other words, I don't bring what I've already been taught or any presupposition to the table. I approach it as if it is the first time that I've encountered it. I do not approach scripture to support a desired meaning. I approach scripture to discover the intended meaning. There is a huge difference. Why do I study this way? Because I want to know God. I want to know what God said and what he meant when he said it. Chances are that he still means what he said. You know, I think about my earthly father, Lonnie Landon Richardson, or Bud as most knew him. I think about all the long days that he worked on the farm from sunup to sundown to provide for the family. I worked with him on that farm, and he taught me what it meant to be a man. Sometimes the training was harsh, severe, and exhausting, but I loved my dad. I cannot remember ever hearing the words, Son, I love you, coming out of his mouth. But I can look back and remember the scarred hands, hard as iron, and the work that those hands accomplished. I can look back and see the sacrifices that he made for me so that his son could have a better life. I revered my dad. He was physically the strongest man I've ever known, and he was the wisest man I have ever known. There is a reverence that I had for him, and it gave me great joy to please him. And when I did so, I realized that I had pleased someone who was greater than I was. You see, that's how I feel about my God, my Heavenly Father. I have a deep respect and a reverential fear within me that compels me to want to please my Father. I want to know Him, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I do that by reading and studying His Word. And that brings me joy and peace within the storms of life. Don't you want some joy? Don't you want peace within the storm? You can have it. I love spending time with family and friends. I love spending time with God in his word. Without God, my life was once a hot mess. But with God, the days don't stink and I rest more peacefully. And with that said, I am the old watchman, Ezekiel. And you have been warned. Well, that's all for now. I thank you for your time and participation. Our time together is precious to me. Please, come and visit me at theoldwatchman.com for show notes, articles, video content, book reviews, Bible study material reviews, and Bible study methods. It's my hope and prayer that you get to know me through this podcast. Through the website at theoldwatchman.com, I can get to know you. 
If you like the content, consider following The Old Watchman on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. See you next time. May nothing in your life be missing. Nothing in your life be broken. Shalom.